0: Welcome to the Frederick Faith Debate on Frederick's News Radio, 930 WFMD. I'm your host and moderator, Troy Skinner. The Frederick Faith Debate is brought to you by AllShred, Mobile Document Destruction. AllShred, they sell security. The Frederick Faith Debate is designed to be an open and honest forum for our local faith community leaders to share and discuss their views of the truth. Thomas Jefferson said that the clash of ideas is the sound of freedom. In that spirit, we seriously wrestle with important ideas and sometimes even disagree with one another. The hope is that through our wrestling, you will develop a better understanding of the truth about the most important issues that face us in this world. This week, we're going to talk about something that uh, you might have heard a little bit about. There are a dozen or so uh, books in a series that have sold millions and millions of copies. Uh, There are also another 40 books, I believe, in a children's uh, series version uh, that have sold millions and millions of copies. And there are a couple of movies that have been made. I think they were uh, mostly direct-to-video releases, although I think the first in the series of movies actually was in the theaters. If you missed it, I don't blame you. The books are better than the movies. Uh, Tim LaHaye and uh, Jerry Jenkins and the Left Behind series. It is, a, uh, uh, it, it is a, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with it, I want to kind of set the stage of what we're going to be kind of talking about and going from there. Tim LaHaye and uh, Jerry Jenkins have written this, this novel, this, uh, this entertaining uh, discourse about what they see the end times of the world being based on their view of what the Bible tells us those end times well, will look like. Uh, they start with uh, Christ coming to rapture his church, and then there's a seven-year period in which uh, those who are left behind uh, have a second chance to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Those that don't uh, join the forces of the beast, and uh, those that do accept Jesus uh, are part of Christ's uh, evangelism team, and there's this great conflict and earthquakes and disasters, and then Jesus comes and loves everybody, and it's a happy ending at the end. That's kind of a... I just saved you hours and hours of reading. That's that's the that's the whole story right you there. Don't have to read it. You know. Now. Now.
1: <laughs> Although, try. I've heard your wife sometimes say that uh, you kind of look like that beast when you wake up in the morning.
0: <laughs> By the way, that is the voice of uh, Jonathan Schweitzer, <laughs> the pastor at Crossroads Valley Chapel here in Frederick, and also on our panel this week, Bill Wilson, who is a uh, Christian journalist. Uh, perhaps you've heard him. His his work on Sky Angel Radio Network. He uh, maybe you've seen him on the his work on the internet. He does uh, a daily jot. Uh, easily found at www.dailyjot.com. also wrote a book (laughs) called Warshod Living Victoriously in the End Times. And it's kind of uh, his answer, I guess, (laughs) to to, uh, the Left Behind series. Uh, Anyway, and he spent uh, over a dozen years, 14 years on Capitol Hill as a political consultant, and uh, he's uh, involved in his own ministry, and he lives right here, uh in the in the Frederick area. So, uh thank you for being on the panel.
2: I oh, appreciate it, Troy. There,
0: there's so much to say there. There's so many things on your bio I left off, but uh let's just say this. He does a lot of things and knows a lot of
2: things. <laughs> um, and some of them are valid, right? Yeah. Now, I'm going
0: to start with John real quickly. Uh I don't know Have you read any of the Left Behind series books.
2: uh... yes,
1: I probably just about read all of them.
0: Okay, and first blush,
1: real quickly, your reaction. Uh you know, I just think it's a lot of fun. Honestly, um being as much of a student of the Word of God, and being as caught up with the excitement of the reality that one day Christ is going to return uh, and sweep up his bride and take us to be with him uh, to to hear somebody play with what that 's going to look like specifically from a from a uh, grappling with the, what the scriptures claim about these events you know in revelation and the end times. Um, uh, I use the word fun only because it gets my imagination going about something that I want to be thinking about anyway, something that I enjoy, something that I think is valuable for us to imagine uh, what's going on. And so anyways, I, I, uh, I really appreciated the book's ability to get me thinking about those things from some different perspectives and kind of, you know, get me to think
2: larger.
0: Now, Bill, I know that you disagree with the the take that uh, Tim LaHaye and, and uh, Jerry Jenkins have in the Left Behind series as far as their understanding of, of prophecy. Um, well, so, not
2: necessarily.
0: Oh, not necessarily? Okay. No. So huh? I was going to say, do you think it's fun or do you think it's dangerous? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's educational?
2: What's your take? I think it's a, a combination of all three of those things. <laughs> I, right. You know, it, it is fun to read. It's It was educational to read and they tried to stay as close to an interpretation of uh, of the prophecies as they possibly could and i think they did a pretty good job of that what i felt though it was all fiction you know it's a representation right. of what they believe is uh, exactly. is going to happen exactly. and so What the Lord put on my heart gap almost because of that you know yeah Yeah. right and I think what the Lord put on my heart was to say okay you've covered news events for the last couple of years from a Christian perspective what is it that is happening out there from a truthful and real world scenario that isn't fiction and where are we at in that in that time frame you know that's where I came from have read uh, about half of his book and
1: I must say that. When I first got it and and this is really the case Bill when I first got the book, I looked at it, and I'm like, "I don't know this thing's gonna be a little bit wacky, you know, trying to <laughs> attempt to you know identify who's the antichrist or you know how this fits in precisely with scripture, and part of that was probably because um because I'd read the Left Behind series, and you know things that people like Hal lindsay wrote i I always felt like it was just a l it's it just was a little bit it lacked a little bit of credibility. You know, clearly we anticipate the coming of the Lord, but I was very impressed, honestly, with Bill's book, only because he grapples with very specific events, and he doesn't say this is that, only that this could be, and this is why it could be. Mm-hmm. And anyways, I've, I've been very grateful for that kind of a perspective that that is nuanced. It's not... Dogmatic about right. it. And the book you're talking about is
0: Warshod Living Victoriously in the End Times, yeah. right? And yeah. I guess it's available. If somebody wanted
2: to find it, they could get their hands on it, I suppose. You can get it at www.dailyjot.com. <laughs> okay. you yes, go. you can go to dailyjot.com. bell. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yes. <laughs> <Come on. Ta-ding. laughs>
0: So, in, in a general sense, then, uh, you would agree with the whole idea that there, that, uh, with with little Hay Jenkins' idea of what the end times would look like, the, the whole timetable that Jesus comes part way down, raptures his church, takes them up to heaven. There's a seven year period, tribulation period, in which a whole bunch of specific prophecies need to take place in a particular order before the official second coming. I mean, you agree with that?
2: Pretty line? much. So I think that there is still some, uh, I guess, what would you call it, uh, liberty that was taken about when the rapture occurs. And that's a it's a controversial subject. Some people say, like uh, LeHay and Jenkins, that it occurs before the tribulation. Others say be in the middle of the tribulation, and still others say near the end of the tribulation. And so, in, from my perspective, I didn't really want to get into that because it's so divisive from a, um, a theological perspective and doctrinal perspective. I focused on the prophecies of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter twenty-four. The ones that we all are aware of that that says, uh, you know, don't be deceived by anyone. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilences, uh, false prophets. And when you see these things happen, you will know that you are in the beginning of sorrows. Uh, I did not want to get into the, the theological argument of when certain things were going to take place. I wanted to show that over the last 24 months that certain things had taken place. And with a rapid and exponential frequency, as compared to a generation ago or a hundred years ago, and I wanted to show that the news events were actually occurring that Jesus prophesied in in Matthew twenty four.
1: Okay, can I ask a question along those lines? Sure. Um, I think it's a question that has to be answered early on. Why bother? I mean, I mean, who cares? Do we need to do we need to really grapple with that in order for me to live my Christian life? I mean, who who does it benefit to? to have clearly identified that these things are happening?
2: In my opinion, it it shows a certain um, urgency to where we're at. Many of us may not have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, but we're thinking about it. Uh, our families, there, there are many, uh, even in Christian families, who haven't accepted Jesus. There are our neighbors and our friends, and it, it ripples out from there, you know, being a pastor, how that yep, works. Yep, yep. And so... If I could show that these events are taking place at an increasingly rapid pace, hmm. even exponentially, hmm. I think it creates a sense of urgency, not only in myself to get right with the Lord, but also to uh, help my family members see that this is not uh, a joke. This is something that you need to be able to do. Hmm. In other words, um, complete the, uh, the thing that we're called to do, right. which is preach the gospel in all the world.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that I think complacency is clearly an ongoing difficulty uh, in the body of Christ, and uh, I, would, I, would, I would say that from the very beginning, after Christ uh, died, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, that, that the sense of the imminent return of Christ uh, definitely was a constant sense of urgency. It, it, it kept the disciples vigilant because we only had so much time, and that's, I think, very uh, much to be expected. Now
0: we're not going to dive into all of the uh, the discussions and debates about the timing of the second coming, as far as whether it's you know pre-millennial, post-millennial, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, uh, so that we're clear, uh, there there are a lot of people that you know would would say that uh, we're in the millennial period now, uh, that Christ's second coming uh, could have happened in AD seventy. And any time ever since Mm. that enough prophecy has been fulfilled from that point that we should as christians expect that he would come at any moment right but with that aside what might be a big aside but with that pushed aside uh i think it'll be fun to explore yeah the three of us here okay here we go (laughs) to explore what are some of the things that we see going on around us today that seem to be pointed to in scripture that seem to be fulfilling prophecy who are the players what are the events that make you bill Uh, say, when you're doing your daily jots, say, aha! Uh (laughs) Aha! In Matthew 24, it says this, and voila, here it is. And in Revelation uh, chapter 6, verse whatever, it says this, and here it is. What are some of those things that uh, uh, people of your persuasion get excited about?
2: In the last six months since Arafat's death, uh, we have seen so many things take place that actually are lining things up that would fulfill a prophecy that is in in Ezekiel 38 that talks about how uh, Gog, Magog, uh, Persia, Libya, and Ethiopia are going, and the other nations, are going to come against Israel in the latter days. And there will be a big, you know, war, a big uh, battle about that. When you do your research on who is Gog, who is Magog, who is Persia, and, uh, of course, we kind of know who Libya is right now and Ethiopia, yeah. you can see the alignment of these people against Israel. Yeah. Russia is Gog. Russia and western China, mm-hmm. maybe northwestern India, mm-hmm. make up Magog. Uh, Persia is the old Babylonian Empire, which you have Iran, Iraq. Uh, probably getting into uh, Jordan, Syria, places Mm -hmm. like that, and their allies. And we have seen that Russia and China are primarily the ones that are behind this. Russia is selling nuclear technology behind behind the aligning of these nations against Israel. Uh, The European Union, which is some that we would say is the revitalized Roman Empire, because the countries in there are the same as as the Roman Empire, they also are aligning against Israel with uh with their policies. So you have, for example, Russia is selling nuclear technology to yeah. Iran. Yeah. Okay. China is selling missile technology to Iran right. and Syria. Right. And when you look at uh, the Ukraine, also sold missiles to Iran that are capable of carrying nuclear warheads, nuclear payloads. You have this situation where Russia and China are arming up and aligning with Persia, right. Iran. Uh, for the first time in the history of, uh, modern history anyway, that we know of, Russia and China are conducting military exercises, joint military exercises together. Traditionally, they've been enemies. Wait, can I, can I cut in here real quick? Yeah.
1: Um, hasn't, I mean, this stuff been going on for a good 20, 30 years? I mean is it really that much more significant now than it was you know for the last 20 30 years wasn't there actually a point you know a good 15 20 years ago where uh, Russia and Iraq and Iran were were so aligned against us you know that there was a oil crisis and different things i mean why should why should we view what's happening now as as any more uh imminent or, or, you know, right there in front of us. You're preci- precisely
2: correct. Yeah. Oh. Uh, say in the last uh, 40... Remember that, Troy. I was okay. correct. He was that. right. <laughs> in the last 40 years, the last generation, yeah. what has taken place? Yeah. Uh, we have seen Israel established as a nation, right. reestablished as a nation, right out of prophecy. It well, says, that,
1: which actually, couldn't you claim that that event is the event that really caused the world Christian body to stand up and say, Wow. Yes, this is happening now. I mean, wasn't what okay.
2: It's right. an incredible uh thing that happened. Out of nowhere, the uh the United Nations uh forms up uh Israel in 1948. Okay. Then in 1967, Israel took over Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. And so you t- you, you take your time clock and you you say a generation 40 to 80 years, right. you're right in there, right? Right. Yeah, we're there. Okay, now. so the Soviet Union which had uh uh, nuclear technology sold. I think their first nuclear reactor to China in uh, the late 1950s. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And so the point is, they've been doing this for a long time. They've been they've been playing around with this for a long time. But now, what's happened is that it's becoming very public. It's not clandestine anymore. It is in the open. And what we're seeing is yeah, I know about brazen <laughs> accounts. Yeah, if I know about it. John knows about it. It's yeah. got to be in the open. We're yeah. seeing these brazen accounts out there of uh, these alliances that are just automatically falling in place. Hmm. And their aim, you know, in the, in the Muslim world yeah. is to eliminate Israel. I mean, if you sure, go to the websites again, of these uh, it's true. organizations and countries, they yeah. they want to get rid of Israel.
0: Let me jump in a second identify the voices. Uh, the most recent voice you hear is Bill Wilson. He is a uh, Christian journalist, author of Warshot, Living Victoriously in the End Times. And uh, you can see his uh, his daily work at uh, com. Also, uh, John Schweitzer, the pastor of Crossroads Valley Chapel, is here. I have a question. In 1948... Israel comes from out of nowhere into existence. Yeah. Does that mean that in 1947 Jesus could not have returned? It would have been that that we needed 1948 to happen? <laughs> you're nodding your
2: head yes. Uh, if you're asking me, Bill yeah. Wilson, yes, I believe that is a case. Uh, because uh, there were certain things that were prophesied that had not occurred prior to that. Uh, Israel becoming a nation, I will make you a a nation out of, you know, the dry bones would become flesh, and sinew would be put on the dry bones, and and it would stand as a nation, and I will call my people back to that nation. Uh, These are prophecies that that God said in uh, Ezekiel and in Daniel and other places of the Bible. And And so so along that same line
1: of reasoning to the extent that there that yet remain unfulfilled prophecies that are clearly biblically lined up pre the return of Christ, then we should expect that, again, Christ is not going to return, at least until those things are fulfilled
2: as well. That is correct, and that's, that's why guys like Lahey and Jenkins can say, we don't believe that the rapture will occur mid-trib or uh, at the end of the tribulation, Because they understand that that one thing that Jesus said, he said that um, it is not for me to know, nor for you to know, the time of the return. That's that's the Father, and he only knows. God only knows, not even the Son knows. And so if you say the tribulation is marked at a beginning point where that seven-year time clock comes, the one thing that you can say is, I know when it's not. Hmm. It's not seven years from that date, because then you would know within reason when it was what do you i want to ask you the same question john nineteen forty
0: seven Jesus could not have come in nineteen forty seven or
1: yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you anything fun to play with i think I just have to agree with that yeah you agree I, I, yeah I, I think I would have to agree that 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 god is has uh let us know what has to happen first and um and because he's made clear what has to happen first um well he he put it this way he said that when is it the fig tree when the fig tree comes into bloom you know that it's about to you know that, that it's about to come into bloom and that in the same way as you see these things happening then you know we're getting closer and closer you don't know exactly when it's going to happen we're in the spring right now so um uh, actually we're probably just right after the springtime here uh, the initial flowers and i think i think it's that way i, I if that, something's got to happen, it's got to happen. Biblically. there's a pretty
0: s- strong argument, I think, that could be made that um, that the apostles, the authors of the New Testament uh, were anticipating a quick return, mm-hmm. that Jesus w- would in fact come back in their lifetime. so I guess we're saying they were wrongly
1: so I, I would say that I would say that they obviously were wrong about that, yeah
0: but don't you th- well, don't you think that's dangerous? if they if the implication is that he could be coming at any time and what they wrote in the holy scriptures which Christians would hold to be inerrant and inspired uh if they could be wrong on that idea doesn't that kind of damage the inerrancy
1: um no i don't think position so at of the all Bible? not not in the least bit mm. um clearly uh Christ and the other prophets prophetic uh, uh speakers uh had had spoken to different things that that had to happen. Um, and, you know, with the fall of Rome at the time and with the uh, increase of persecution that was happening at the time, for them to think that those things were happening fast enough at that point for it to happen right away, I think it's, uh, it's very legitimate for them to have had that hope and anticipation and expectation. Uh, and then the same way today. In fact, all of the prophetic speakers, they always prophesy Whether it's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elijah, prophets don't come when people are following the Lord with great gusto, but they come at the time of greatest persecution and greatest, you know, denial of the things of God. And I I think it's always the case that the prophet speaks to remind us that God's still in control and he's still going to save us. I can't remember the
0: exact years, but I know there are a couple of well-known cases, uh, I want to say 1856 or something. There's a couple of times in the 1800s where they thought for sure, this is it. And in fact, one guy, one time, I forget who it was now, but he, he said, okay, it wasn't this year, it must be next year. And he switched it to the next year, and it still didn't happen. And he, what did they miss that now that
2: they should have seen? <laughs> well, obviously, <Yeah. laughs> the one thing that they missed was uh, the uh, reformation of Israel. I mean, that is a huge uh, prophetic event that triggers all these other things. But even more basic than that, Bill,
1: is that they missed Christ who said, it's not for you to know the, that's right the, that's the, true. the times and the seasons that my father is set by his own authority. I mean the point is is that that none of us can sit here and say with any precision when it's going to happen. We just know that mm-hmm. as these things increase, that we're encouraged by scripture to have an increased expectation that this thing could happen at any minute
0: is that is there a danger though that there uh the possibility that we're doing the same thing, uh, you know, Bill, with your daily jot and trying to identify what's going on in the world, pointing to the prophecy, that we're maybe trying to plot it out and figure out, say, aha, that that Jesus is going to come in 15 years because that's when this geopolitical situation will, f- you know, will flesh itself out. I mean, is there a danger that we fall prey to?
2: My calling is, as a watchman, to warn the people of what is happening. And I feel as though that if I don't warn them, the uh, the problem is on my hands not on theirs I I think that there's a danger in it if you stand here before the people and say I know exactly everything that's going to happen and that's the way it is and you're going to argue about it to your death because we don't know what I what I show in my writing and in my radio programs that these things are happening at an increased frequency so beware watch and pray that uh, your salvation draweth nigh. And we can't, um, I guess, uh, denounce the fact that time is moving forward. <laughs> you know, and, so. and I just need to <coughs> say this as well, that,
1: um, you know, for, for us as average Joe Schmoes, you know, most of us don't spend a lot of time down on Capitol Hill, you know, hobnobbing with these power uh, brokers of the world. Uh, We, we, you know, brush up against them every now and again, but but for the average person, especially here in the United States, that votes who's going to be the power people in the world, for us to study uh, closely uh, what an anti-Christ government would look like. Or to study closely what an evil government would look like, and these kinds of things, man, we we must do that because we're voting for these guys. These guys get elected based on whether or not we're perceiving righteousness or wickedness. And for us, again, you know, should we or should we not vote? Um, you know, a, according to what we think the scriptures say, I think absolutely we need to we need to be watching and paying attention. You know, is is the UN? Looking more like a righteous government, looking more like an antichrist government. Does does what's going on over in the Middle East? You know, what what do these things look like?
0: Well, we're just about out of time in this half hour, but I don't think we've even begun to just scrape the surface. Funny so, thing, yeah. Uh, if if you guys are agreeable, maybe we could do another show on this next week, kind of pick up where we're leaving off, and and uh, Definitely, see what good. other sorts of prophecies uh, you see, Bill, that are pointing towards the uh, the second coming of Christ, things we should be looking for. Uh, you know, the recent passing of the Pope and what's going on there. Maybe that has a, a role in all of this. I don't know. I'll leave that to you. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, come on. You've got you, to take I will a stand, say, stand somewhere. Uh, well, and, 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 well, I'll
0: take this stance. Uh, I will say that fundamentally, uh, my view of uh, of the end times is fundamentally different than John and Bill's. Hmm. However, I will say that I think that this is an issue uh, upon which Christians can disagree uh, and, and still uh, be Christian brothers. Absolutely. And uh, it, it's not the cornerstone of the faith. So, anyway. anyway Again, you. you're listening to the Frederick Faith Debate on Frederick's News Radio, 930 WFMD. Brought to you by All Shred, Mobile Document Destruction. They sell security. Uh, shredding today for growth tomorrow. You can call All Shred at one eight seven seven two Shred. That's 1 the number two, then S H R E D D. And as you just heard, we're going to have uh, John and Bill on again uh, next week to uh, continue with our talk about end times. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, please don't be shy. Email me at TroySkinner at ClearChannel.com. Or if you're uh, the pastor of a church or you know one or leader of some sort of uh, you know faith, doesn't have to be Christian, uh, and you'd like to be part of this panel uh, to talk about whatever you might want to talk about, now please email me that information as well. I'd love to uh, talk with you and invite you on the show. Um, is there anything else I need to say? I think that's pretty much it, right? I think that is it. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'm not sure what. Well, we're going to get you to, to tell us what your stance is <laughs> next week. So, uh, all right. So we'll see you all. All right. <laughs> Until next week, thanks for listening and God bless. <laughs>